All is not wonderful, wonderful. What do you mean? It's not all wonderful, wonderful, like the song that everybody just heard says. Why? Because. Well, first off, you have what's going on in the world right now. It's continuing, right? That hasn't changed. All right. Last week, you have somebody just randomly walking up to Rick Moranis and punching him on the street in New York. Yeah, that's not cool. Just random for no reason. As far as we know, right? And this past week, Eddie Van Halen died. So, no, not all is right in the world. Aw, you okay? I, I'm, I'm actually not. You well, I mean, in there, buddy? I, I'm okay, but I, it's, it's one of those. This one, obviously, people pass away all the time, but this one really, really, this one sucks, like big time. And this is coming from somebody that was involved in pro wrestling and had a lot of close friends pass away and everything and, and, you know, contemporaries and colleagues and that kind of stuff. This one really sucked because this was like, for me, you know me, my two big passions, pro wrestling and music. And music was my first real passion because I, I, you know, MTV came out when I was a little kid and. Eddie Van Halen was like Van Halen, the band. And obviously Eddie is who they were named after himself and his brother mm. who were uh, the drummer. And uh, yeah, this one just sucks. It just really sucks. I, I text my brother actually is the one that texted me the news. Cause I, I haven't been on social media or anything like that. And I was like, what are you serious? And, and uh, I'll actually quickly just real quick. I'll tell you what uh, he told me. Because I, how about we start ta- I, like for the people new to listening? Why don't we do our intro? Oh yeah, and that's tell right. I'm sorry. Yeah, see, this is this is how much this has thrown me off. Uh, welcome to the Homework Podcast, everybody. Thank thank you for reminding me because I completely you know. I'm like you're just gonna keep going, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I was just gonna keep going. I, so thank you for reeling me in there. Uh, apologies to the listeners. Welcome to the Homework Podcast. I am the Golden Greek Alexarion, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife. Monique. Yes. So we're starting on a negative note. Awesome. I, I, I don't want to be negative. I, I kind of want to just remember how awesome Eddie Van Halen was. Okay. So I just have to say, anytime it comes to celebrities, a celebrity dies and I'm like, oh, no, I love that person. That's too bad. And you're the one who's like, well, did you know him? They're just a person. You didn't know him personally. And you go, you harp on me about it. And now here you are just all distraught because this is Eddie different. Van Halen this died. Is different. It's different. Okay, it's okay. different. It's different. My brother texts me, Eddie Van Halen, RIP. I said, what? With a bunch of question marks and exclamation marks. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yep. I go, WTF, that blows. He goes, remember how much we used to listen to Van Halen and how much you'd talk him up all the time? 
And I said, yeah, this one hurts. Yeah. Hang in there, kitten. I will. I'll, I'll hang in there. I'll be all right. But I mean, Are yeah. Sure? Just, yeah, this was like my childhood. And music that I've listened to since childhood. Like, I'm wearing my Van Halen shirt right now. I mean, yeah, this it's it's this sucks. Anyway, but you know, what's funny, too, is like here I am like I like here we are like all these celebrities. You hear these awful things about the conspiracies about them and these terrible things. And you realize they're just people and they're capable of being horrible. So I'm like, I really kind of don't care anymore because I don't know them. I don't know the good or bad they've done. So I'm not going to whatever. And it's funny because it's like the, the tables have turned here. And I'm just like, eh. I liked Van Halen. Uh, You know, I like the band. I like the music. But and all I can think of is The Office with Ryan when Smokey Robinson died, allegedly. And he's like, oh, man, he's pacing around. Smokey Robinson is dead. And I'm like, well, what songs do you sing? Tears of a Clown. And like, that's all he'd get. Now, I know you're really a Van Halen fan, but it's just like what popped in my head. Yeah. No. uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I remember the first time I ever listened to Van Halen was on MTV, was the song Jump. So I was a little late to the party, okay, because I think they the first album they released in 78, so I was only one at the time when they released that album. But yeah, I heard uh, Jump, and he pl- Eddie Van Halen played the guitar solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It from the Thriller album, which a lot of people, well, I'm sure a lot of people know now. Uh, but at the time, it wasn't really publicized at the time. And do you know that he made absolutely no money for that at all? Nothing. Played a was guitar it, solo on like one of the... Was it like just a favor or something he was doing it? Well, I guess the, the, the story I heard, and, and it's been documented in multiple places, but I guess Quincy Jones called him on the phone and said, Hey, it's hey Eddie, it's Quincy. And, and he's like, Quincy who? And he goes... Quincy Jones and Eddie Van Halen hung up on him because he's like somebody's pranking him and he calls him back and says no it's it's Quincy it's this really Quincy Jones and so uh he asked him if he'd come down and record a solo for the Michael Jackson album and Eddie's like yeah all right sure whatever no problem and he came down and he just recorded the solo but never signed anything never he just kind of did it as a favor and goes on to (laughs) be the I think it still is the biggest selling album of all time. He didn't get a dime for it. You think like they do something? Uh Oh, whatever. I mean, he did it as a favor, so and I guess the 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 famous story I can't remember I think I read this in a book. Um David Lee Roth came in after first hearing Beat It on the radio and didn't know that Eddie went and did that favor and went to the studio and recorded that. And came in all just angry and just being like, hey, I can't believe it, man. Somebody ripped off. Somebody's ripping you off your guitar style, man, on the Michael Jackson song. He's like, it sounds just like you. It's somebody ripping you off, man. It's BS. It's BS. And Eddie's like, well, actually, no, that's me. And so David Lee Ross like, oh, well, how much you get for it? Well, nothing. <laughs> Didn't get anything. I just did it as a favor. See how I've been. Oh, in so, that case, I'll shut my mouth now. So, yeah, it was just kind of a fun story. Actually... Um, just read that recently and I, I think it was in I can't remember the name of the book now see years of getting hit in the head in, from wrestler pro wrestling brain. yeah but yeah just uh, yeah anyway so rest in peace Eddie Van Halen thank you for the music and all the memories for sure as I'm destroying my microphone and being a complete goof right now I apologize alright so uh, this week well before we get into oh, that speaking of death 
Yes. I just want to bring something up because something okay. happened last night. Uh, and I've talked about this kind of stuff. I think I've mentioned it before, but I just want to bring it up again. I came across a dying honeybee last night. And at first I was trying to figure out what was wrong with her. And she wouldn't eat. She wouldn't drink. She was stumbling. What I realized after doing some reading, and if I'm wrong and you know, please educate me. Let me know. But the signs, the symptoms she was showing were from poisoning, from pesticides. So what happens is you people will buy plants from like gardening centers and um, they'll be treated with pesticides or they'll just spray their own lawn, flowers, weeds with pesticides. And that kills the bees. Not only does it kill the individual bees going to the flowers, it kills their whole hive because they're making honey with that pollen and it's feeding the little babies. It's killing them all. And so this poor little bee, she was like staggering around. She was like kicking out and her tongue was sticking out. And I guess those are signs of poisoning from pesticides. So I just wanted to throw it out there because everyone who listens to us and watches us, you all know I love all creatures. I love bees. And I just want to throw it out there. If you didn't know this already, don't use pesticides. There are organic ways to deal with bugs and plants you don't want you can use apple cider vinegar lemon mint different things like that um you can pull the weeds dandelions in the spring that's what bees go to and you're spraying that with weed killer and then before they die the bees are going to the dandelions and they're taking from that so People don't always think about it. So I just wanted to throw it out there. I'm just you really asking everyone, please don't use pesticides on your flowers, on your plants, in your yard. And if you already know this, then tell somebody else. If someone's like, oh, I'm going to the local chain hardware and garden center and I'm going to go get some flowers, say, mm, before you go there, Find out if they use pesticides on their plants because a lot of them do. Maybe go to a more local um, nursery or greenhouse or garden center. So just kind of I feel like if we all do that little bit, bees are so vital to our ecosystem. So if we all do just that little bit and work with each other, we can make a difference. So I'm just asking everyone, please no, help the bees. No pesticides on flowers is what you're bees, asking for yes. everybody. Okay. No pesticides. Why? Let me ask you if you, I don't know if you know the answer or not, but why do people spray dandelions? I mean, they're so plentiful. Like, why would you spray dandelions? I personally think a lot of people get it in their brain, oh, it's a weed. And if something is identified as a weed, then it's a pain. It's just because I guess they're more invasive. But here's the thing. A lot of these plants have wonderful medicinal benefits. So like we have different plants growing. Our yard is filled with quote unquote weeds, but they grow beautiful flowers and they all have a lot of wonderful medicinal purposes, health value, like they, they have good value to your health. There's so much you can do with them. So if okay. you want to so, like read into what's growing in your yard. Okay. Yeah, find right, out that, how you can use that it. That was my question, was why yeah. would somebody spray a dandelion if it's just a nice-looking pretty flower? But you, you're right, because it gets invasive. All right, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no no pesticides because... Please. It, all right. Help the bees. That was so... And I can't mercy kill. Like, I, I was like, I can't kill it. It was like I did my best to keep it comforted. Yeah, so you brought it her. into our bedroom last night. And it, what did you put it in, like a little bowl? 
it was like this. You little... have to. You have to tell it. I mean, you went into this whole thing about pe- just tell everybody what you did so with the bee. I got. I have. Um, I ordered something, and I'll share the information later. But I ordered something on Etsy, and I got this beautiful jar. It's like a porcelain kind of like hexagon jar with a honeybee on top, like raised and painted and inside were jasmine flowers and so I was trying to find somewhere to keep her comfortable and I was like oh I wonder and she like went there and she seemed really comfortable with the flowers so I just had her lay in the flowers where she could go peacefully and I think she just kind of fell asleep and calmed and passed away but she wasn't alone all right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You, so many people are like, this girl is a freaking nut job, but it's just how I am. I do it with a B. I do it with a person. It's how I am. Yes, that is how you are. And that's why I love you, though. Thank it's, you. It's who you are. I am who I am. You is who you is. Yeah. All right. So, uh, ready to move on? Yes. Okay. So. I'm going to take my sip. All right. I. I all right. So this week, once again, we're going to be talking more New Hampshire haunted legends. Yes. And now, Allegedly haunted legends. Oh, yeah. A- anybody that listened last week knows I... <laughs> it's like we burst just everyone's kinda, bubble. Just kind of, yeah. But, like, I was just so skeptical of everything, uh, which I typically am now. Oh, and actually, I'm sorry, real quick. Mm-hmm. For anybody watching, I got the coolest birthday card, and I forgot to mention it last week. Uh, I got this from your parents, from our, from my in-laws, and it it uh, it says Bigfoot wanted me to wish you a happy birthday. Just kidding, he doesn't believe in you. And then they wrote a nice little message. <laughs> I popped as when well. I saw that. So thank you for the awesome birthday card. Thank you. Yes. So uh, yeah, and of course, they gave me a check again. We tell Stop them all the time. It. Stop with the We've checks. We've literally like Please. almost like knocked tables over in restaurants fighting <laughs> to pay. It's awesome. My parents are great. Yes, your parents are the best. They're super cool. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And and the card, awesome. So very cool. Thank right, you so I'm gonna much. I'm going to put on my glasses so I can read this card. All right. So I this week, we're, we're doing more stories. But yes. unlike last week, I don't know any of these stories. So I'm going to be hearing them for the first time as you tell us. All right. So just like our listeners and watchers, our watchers, or viewers, or we're going to just call them watchers, uh, I'm going to be hearing these for the first time as Ooh. well. So please, by all means, begin. So I think, I don't know how many people are familiar with these stories, whether you're from New Hampshire, New England, or just anywhere in the U.S. or anywhere else, any other country. So... A lot of these were new to me. Some of them I've kind of heard before, but didn't really know the full story, didn't really look into it. This first story, I think, is awesome because it has to do with pirates and ghosts Uh, and treasure. You, of course, would think this is awesome. Oh, buried treasure? Buried treasure. There's buried treasure in this. All right. This this will be cool, I hope. (laughs) I just want to throw out there, too. So... Not way too long ago, but I think it was like this year, I found out that I'm allegedly related to a pirate. And I just thought that was awesome. I'm trying to do more research before I go spouting out stuff, but allegedly related to a French pirate. Woo! Tremendous. So maybe that's why I love pirate history. It would make sense. It might. Mm. All right. This story is about ocean-born Mary. Mary Wilson was born on a ship heading to America from Ireland. 
Her Scottish parents, Elizabeth and James Wilson, were trying to escape the violence in Northern Ireland and decided to move to New England. Mary was born on July 28, 1720, and shortly after she was born, pirates boarded the ship she was on with intentions to rob and kill everyone. But the pirate Don Pedro heard the cries of Mary. In a moment of compassion, he decided to spare everyone's life if James and Elizabeth named their daughter after his mother, Mary. They agreed, and Don Pedro gifted Mary with a light green silk cloth to wear on her wedding day. If I'm on a ship and the pirate's like, we're going to kill everyone unless you name your daughter after my mom. Uh, (laughs) That sounds like a no-brainer. Just saying. Right. They made the right choice. The legend goes that a tall, red-haired, attractive woman is seen at night walking around her home in Henniker, New Hampshire. The legend claims that Mary married a man named James Wallace, and they produced four children, but James died young. Mary moved to Henniker, New Hampshire, where she met the pirate Don Pedro, the one who spared her life. She married him, and some years later, after returning home one day, she found him dead. It was speculated another pirate had killed him in hopes to find buried treasure that he put in his backyard. Now, the reason why it's alleged is because there were rumors that Mary said she'd see him one night she saw him digging in the back and thought he might be burying his treasure there. So she saw the the ghost? Or no, she, saw she the actual actually like allegedly pirate. saw him one night digging in the ground and uh, burying treasure. Okay. Um, and the story also says Mary and her children buried Don beneath the hearthstone, fronting the kitchen fireplace, which Don previously requested he be laid to rest. So before he died, he said he wanted to All be right. buried there. So the story is that this red, tall, red-headed woman is along the property in Henniker around her house and she can be spotted around there and that the home she lived in with Don Pedro is haunted. But here's what's been claimed as truth. Soon after arriving to America, Mary's father died. Her mother quickly remarried James Clark, another Scottish Irish person. Oh, you're moving my mic. Okay. Mary's family settled in Londonderry, New Hampshire and this settlement celebrated Mary's birthday every year since it, um, every year since because of her they were still alive so a lot of the people who got off the ship they settled in Londonderry and because she was the reason their lives were spared they all celebrate her birthday which is pretty cool sure and they also um, dubbed they gave her the nickname ocean born Mary because she was born on the ocean all right makes yeah. sense Mary grew to be tall well-liked, and uh, let me rephrase that. Mary grew to be a tall, well-liked, red-headed woman who married James Wallace. Her wedding dress adorned the green silk given to her by the pirate. Mary and James had three sons and one daughter. Mary, James, and their children moved to Henniker. Louise Roy purchased the ocean-born Mary house in Henniker and claimed it was haunted. He gave ghost tours and would rent shovels to visitors who could dig to find the buried treasure in the backyard. Roy claimed Mary still haunted the home and its grounds, and she would often sit in her rocking chair and rock. 
Many visitors would come to catch a glimpse of her ghost and would find her rocking chair rocking. So this guy bought the house. He claimed of ghosts um, because of the buried treasure legend. He would rent out shovels and tell people, oh, if you find the treasure, you get a treasure. Now, here's what else I read. Now, I don't know this guy. I'm not. I'm just saying what I found. Allegedly, it came, it was discovered that what he was saying wasn't really true in terms of the haunting. With the rocking chair, he had a loose floorboard. So like the leg of the rocking chair would be on that loose board. So he'd be on the other side of the room and he would use his foot to move the board and that would cause the chair to rock. So the question is, is this place really haunted? Have other people really witnessed anything or is it just the claims of the guy who bought the house? I don't know. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. Good on Luis Roy though. For I mean, uh, <laughs> Hey, yeah, this, this guy, yeah. good on you, buddy. Make some, make some dough. Don't hate the play. I hate the game. Right. Yeah. I wonder about the the treasure, though. So. So here's the thing. There's this legend that she found. And there were many variations of the story in terms of how Don Pedro, that pirate, entered her life. But according to more historical documents. That was just never true. Some say that he came to New Hampshire searching for her, searching for the little girl that was named after his mother and they met. Some versions say they fell in love and got married. Some say that she just helped him around the house, like he let her live in his house in Henniker. Um, there's all these different stories. So it's tough to say. I look at it like... She was she was born and brought to Londonderry, New Hampshire and lived there for a while. They celebrated her. That's not too far from us. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Well, that wasn't that wasn't like a like a super scary story or no, anything. No, it's just a lot of these, here's the issue. Oh, this place is haunted. Oh, there's ghosts here. And then I read and I do the research and I'm just like I don't think it's really haunted. Hmm. Very, it might be, but very... I don't know. Just the, the science comes out like it probably isn't. Huh. Very interesting. So I, I have to ask now, I, I'm looking over at your screen. I'm trying mm -hmm. not to read anything. I'm trying to listen just as you're speaking. Did you, would you copy and paste this off a website or did you just take all your research and write this I out yourself? I literally had to take all my research and write it out because I couldn't just copy from one place. I had to. Well, yeah, because that's I mean, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you just taking it from one source or is this no, just a bunch of different places? No, this is from multiple sources. Okay. So that's why I tried to like, because I knew I was going to basically be reading it because it's hard to memorize all these different stories. Yeah. So I took all the information and I put it together to write it in a way that I could read from with the information I got. Cause I've said, I said last week, I'm trying to take everything that is consistent in these stories and take that. And then I talk about variations. All right. The next story is seems the same across the board though. And I'm going to explain why. 
What do you mean seems the same across the board? It's pretty much the same story. There's no variation. Oh, oh, okay. So it's anywhere... It's all the same story Everywhere that I you've find. looked, it's all the same. Okay, gotcha. Yes, and I'm okay. going to get into it and explain it. All right, great. This is about the lost city of Franconia, New Hampshire. There's a lost city of Franconia? Do you know that there's ghost towns in New Hampshire? Did I talk about this last time? You mentioned, I can't remember if you mentioned it on the show or not, but I know you you, you talked yeah. to me about it in the kitchen and I was like, wow, I want to live in a ghost town. There's That'd like towns awesome. that are li- literally, like there's one in New Hampshire and I forget the name of it, but it was deserted. I think the last person moved out in the 50s. And didn't it get flooded? Is that why it there was? was? Yes, there was one town that got flooded and that's why most people left. Um, there was a big mill and that got destroyed. Houses got destroyed. So a lot of people moved out. But the last residents moved out in the 50s. And I'm just like, I want to go live there. I want to live there. Yeah. Yes, That'd be go. awesome. Like let's the go. only inhabitants of this town are Yes, us. you have like the whole town. <laughs> Hell yeah. Who cares if it floods every so sign, often? Sign me up. We'll put it on stilts. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So this is about the lost city of Franconia. Now, this story, I could only find it in a few places, but it claims in the 1850s, settlers um, came to the area and discovered a rich vein of copper running through the rocky landscape. And pretty soon, the area was just filled with prospectors looking for a quick buck. Along with these new inhabitants came railroad tracks to haul copper down the mountain. There were homes, stores, there was a church, and even a school. But building this village presented challenges. While they were trying to put up some of these homes, workers would return to the houses they were working on, only to find the construction they did the previous day undone. They found foundations being filled in and roofs lifted off all without a sound being heard. People were really confused about what was going on. They couldn't figure it out, but that didn't stop them from settling there. They moved into the houses that were finished and the store, school, and churches were all up and running. At this time, the villagers noticed a group of Native Americans watching from the perimeter of the village. And one day a pastor went over to the Native Americans and asked them why they were standing there. The Native Americans explained that the land and the homes were the the homes the land were built on was sacred ground and that their ancestors and great chiefs were buried there. The roofs that were t- torn off the houses and the filled in foundations were a warning from the great spirits that watched over the burial grounds. If the village wasn't moved a few hundred yards away, something worse would happen. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. People are like, this is our land. It's sacred. It's where we, you know, bury people, move it a couple hundred yards over. I feel like that's very reasonable. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean. Do you think they moved? Of course not. Of course not. We're talking about the story now. Of course not. So, of course, as the story says, the quote-unquote white man didn't listen to such native superstitions and decided to stay put, a decision they would soon come to regret. In August of 1859, a thunderous roar was heard on the mountain and sky above the village, was heard on the mountain and the sky above the village turned blood red. Many people from nearby towns around the notch hurried to the village to see what happened and to offer any help they could. What they found shocked them all. 
The copper mine had collapsed, sending a cloud of copper dust through the village, choking every living thing in it. Smoke still billowed from the chimneys and the tables were set for dinner, but not a soul was in sight. Those, those um, whose bodies weren't found seemed to have disappeared into thin air and never seen again. So basically what they're saying is a lot of people just went missing. They disappeared. And this is how soon after the mine collapsed? That, uh, let me see. That they so discovered it was all in this? 1859. So it just is in the 1850s, so within X amount of years, less than a decade. So there should have been at least skeletons uh, still there. It wasn't no, like they so got long up. a time. The mine, no, no, no. They were settled there. They were told don't build. And some years later, the mine collapsed. The nearby pe- people came rushing up to go help and noticed that th- there were people who were dead and then there were just people not there. People were gone and it didn't make any sense because like, why aren't they in their homes or the schools? The place was empty except for the dead bodies. Oh. Everyone else was missing. So the, what the? Yeah, they just disappeared. And this is legit. This is a, this is a story. That- well, let me get there. Okay. In time, the buildings decayed and crumbled and the earth reclaimed the land. Maybe the villagers should have heeded the warnings of the great spirits. Now, I only found a few places where I could find this. And what I realized is this was traced back to a book called A Guide to Haunted New England by Thomas D'Agostino. D'Agostino. Thank you. I'm like, ah. But that's I've, I've my, heard the author's okay. name before. But that's, that's where the trail goes cold. So I tried to do research. I tried to discover, because if this is a guy who talks about real haunted places, I should be able to find something else, right? You should be, yeah, Other should than, be more than what one. stems from his story. Right. I couldn't. So I looked up, I was trying to even like find, because there is a place called the Copper Mine Trail in Franconia. And allegedly that's where they say along that trail was the village. But I couldn't seem to link things up. I I tried to look up copper mines in New Hampshire, and there are a few. I seriously, like, really tried to look. So I reached out to the New Hampshire Historical Society, but I never heard back. While I was trying to research this and figure out is this real or not, I kept coming across, like, lost, like, abandoned towns in New Hampshire and like ghost towns, things like that. And it's this guy, he's a hiker, he's a photographer, and he's a blogger. And he writes about all this cool stuff, these like lost towns and different hiking trails. And I thought, maybe this guy will know. So I reached out to him. His name is Aaron Paul Donovan. And he has a website, scenicnh.com. And so... I reached out and asked about it. Like, have you heard anything? So this is what he told me. He said the copper mine is supposed to be on Copper Mine Brook. And he included a map from 1982 that he sent in the email. So I'll get that posted. But um, he said he's never looked for it. He mentioned um, a history of Franconia, New Hampshire by Sarah Welch, where she mentions that the mine is a draft or surface mine and the deepest part was about 20 feet. 
But he said um, some of the information in that book was a bit off, so that possibly could be off too. He said as for mining settlements in Franconia, during the mining era, era, the bigger ones were called the upper works and then there were the lower works. So um, like there's a map and you can see like a couple on the map where it has like a little line. It's like the copper mine. But it brings into question if it wasn't a deep mine, would it have such a big collapse if it was only 20 feet? I don't know. I don't know anything about mining, but it's just I couldn't find anything solid to say, yes, there was a copper mine collapse. I was looking up like for historical documents of copper mine collapse in New Hampshire. I couldn't find anything. I found a document made in the early 80s and it listed all the mining incidents that have happened in the United States, a lot in Pennsylvania, but it, it talked about fires, collapse, like all different things. And I couldn't find one on New Hampshire. So just based on that alone, I'm going to say this is a made up story. That's what it seems like. It's a made up story that Thomas D'Agostino made up for his book. That's that. I mean, that's if you can't find anything else and every single time you you find this story online, it, it circles back and, and the origin point is that book. It sounds like this guy just made up a story for to fill it's a couple a pages. Story. In his book. It's a great story. Yeah, but it's a great story. I can't I can't say that it's legit or that any part of it would be. Yep. So it it was kind of disappointing because I really wanted to find something. I wanted to at least say there was a copper mine that collapsed in that area, something, but I couldn't. Yeah, I mean. That's it for me. <laughs> Great story. Cool. Yeah. Fun fun to tell around the campfire, but <laughs> it's, uh, I, I would say, provably false. Because if you can only, if, if, if your origin point is a, a story that somebody wrote about haunted places. places in New England, then if he doesn't have any references in that book or where he got his information, if you can't find and anything. I didn't get the book, so I couldn't. It's fair. I mean, fair enough. So I don't want to be calling people. I'm, I'm not gonna. No, no. Yeah, I'm not saying they're a, lying. I yeah, just but can't. It sounds to it. me if if he, without looking at the book, if he, or I should say, without seeing the book because we haven't seen it, if he doesn't put references in there of where he got his information or anything like that, I would say that he he must have made it up. That would be my my guess. I'm not saying it's for sure, but that'd be my guess. And the fact that you can't find anything anywhere else about anything that happened. Maybe I suck at looking things up. I don't know. Well, that that's all of it, that that's a possibility too. So I used if, to think I was really good at finding <laughs> things online. So if Thomas D'Agostino was listening, or somebody tells him that we're call, no, that's she might just be horrible at looking stuff up. It's obvious that could be a possibility. If but, you have information <laughs> for any of the stories we've talked about, and you can prove it. Let us know. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's something like this, there should be some kind of documentation somewhere. Now, granted, if it happened back then, there may not be as much. But, but there, there's documentations. There's documentation on other mines earlier than that. Well, the, if for go. New Hampshire. I mean, so that's why it's really confusing for me. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm finding all this other stuff, but not this so we, one. We have no corroborating information that can uh, prove that this may, yeah. could have, could and we've said before, happened. we just want to know the truth. Yeah, that's all. Sometimes, you know, it's just this is the closest we can find to it. And if people can bring forth 
It's, new information. Yeah. Great. But yeah, any, regardless, hell of a story. Yeah. Hell of All a right. story. This is my last story. This is a really cool story, and it doesn't place, take place in New Hampshire. It takes place in Rhode Island. So much for haunted New Hampshire legends. I told you last yeah, yeah. week. You there's one from Rhode there's Island, right, but so it's here's so good one. I had to share. Here's the one. As I knock over your water. That's fine. <laughs> this is the story of Mercy Brown, the last New England vampire. Tremendous. Here Are we you go. intrigued yet? Well, you just said the, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. You got me with the title. All right. Let's hear it. Back in the late 1800s, tuberculosis, which was also known as the White Plague, was rampant. Because of the slower rate for death to take hold, people stricken with tuberculosis would become pale and fatigued, and they would lose weight. They would have a cough, um, they'd get chest pains and night sweats. Some thought it wasn't an illness causing the slow, painful suffering. Instead, Many Americans thought it was the undead feeding off the living, causing their victims to experience those symptoms. They thought these vampires were literally sucking the life out of their victims. Huh. Yeah. All right. America, yeah. Vampires. Someone called Buffy. Wow. Yeah. So the townspeople would dig up bodies of the recently deceased to look for signs of um, decomposition. If a body wasn't decomposed, they would determine it was a vampire and take the quote-unquote necessary precautions, doing such things as turning it face down in the coffin, cutting off the head, or burning the body. Often, people would have, um, often people would have those who were ill breathe smoke from the flaming departed in hopes to cure them. So they would burn the, the alleged vampires' bodies and make the sick people breathe in the smoke to try to heal them. What? For an illness that affects your breathing and your lungs, I don't think breathing in smoke would probably be the best thing. But, you know, it's what they did. Not only just smoke, but like... Dead people <laughs> dead, smoke? Dead Person ashes smoke. What do you? Uh, whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of. It. All right. Moving on. Yeah. The Brown family from Exeter, New Hampshire, became famous for being the main focus of a vampire hunt in the 1890s. George and Mary Eliza Brown settled into Exeter with their three children: Mary Olive, Edwin, and Mercy. I guess I love that name, Mercy. Mercy. Yeah, like that's a cool name. Mary Eliza caught the consumption in 1884 and died quickly. So for those who don't know, tuberculosis was also known as the consumption. It was also known as TB. There's a whole bunch of names for it. Her daughter, Mary Olive, who was 20, caught it in 1888 and she died too. Mary's son, Edwin, became ill in 1890, but he didn't die like his mother or sister but during this time, Edwin's younger sister, Mercy Lena, contracted tuberculosis in 1892, and she did pass away. And as George's family, he's the dad, as his family was taken down one by one, the people in his town began to fear the worst. 
that a vampire was preying on his family. While Edwin was sick, he moved to Colorado in hopes the climate would help his tuberculosis and cure him. He returned to Exeter in 1892 in worse condition, and after his return in January, his younger sister Mercy died at 19 years old. With Edwin growing rapidly sicker, his father grew more concerned and desperate. Many neighbors told George of the tales about the undead feeding off the lives of their living relatives. It seems while George did not want to give in to these old stories, he decided to have the bodies of his wife and daughters exhumed in March of 1892. While both Mary Eliza and Mary Olive, his wife and daughter, were but mere skeletons, Mercy's nine-week deceased body looked pristine and undecayed, and not in the same position they had left her when they buried her. Now, here's where the story varies a little bit. Some say due to the ground being frozen, they couldn't actually bury her in the ground. Some stories say she was buried. Some people have claimed to see Mercy walking the graveyard in nearby fields at night, but that was never mentioned until after they exhumed her body. So it was questioned why didn't they say anything before. Upon Mercy's autopsy, the family doctor found fresh blood in Mercy's heart and liver, which led deeper into the fear that Mercy was a vampire preying off her family. While the doctor did state Mercy's appearance could be normal due to her passing during the cold months of winter, the townspeople disagreed and requested her heart and liver be removed and burned before returning Mercy to the ground. What? In a desperate attempt to cure his son, George mixed the ashes of Mercy's heart with water and fed it to Edwin. But sadly, it did not help, and he died a couple of months later. Mercy Brown was given the title of the last New England vampire, and to this day, people visit her grave, leaving gifts, jewelry, and even little fake vampire teeth. On a side note, apparently Rhode Island was known as the vampire capital of America. Really? How did I not know this? I lived in Rhode Island I, for a period of time. I never knew that. No this kidding. This story is freaking nuts. It's nuts because people were nuts. <laughs> I mean, people are nuts, period. They're even crazier today, in my view, but that's insane. Like, what? So I want to talk a little bit about this story because with some of the things going on now what some stories said that she wasn't buried the ground was frozen right. which would make sense if the ground's frozen it's january then okay all right yeah but if even if she was buried regardless if she's out in the cold yes it's gonna preserve her body a bit yeah i guess the question is like they're saying it was in pristine condition. Well, we don't know. Like, I don't know if there was embalming back then. Like, I, I don't know. I was going to say, if they're taking out her heart and her liver, that don't, isn't that something that comes out when they embalm a person? I don't believe so. No? I thought all your organs stay intact. That's mummifying. They take out all your organs. Okay. My apologies for not, okay. for not knowing. I could be wrong. If you know, let us know. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of weird. Like, well... Was she buried? Wasn't she? But if she's out exposed to the cold, yes, that could probably preserve her a bit. Sure. 
But to say like her body's in pristine condition looking like she did the day she died pretty much. That's weird. But well, if she's frozen, that mean maybe I don't know. Okay. But then like they're saying that her body was moved. It wasn't in the same position, but it doesn't say how it's not like her hands were like on her chest or by her side. It doesn't say I couldn't find that information. That's that one. You can easily explain that one away that, that, that could be people misremembering. I mean, remember these people thought that if you breathed in the ashes of a dead person, that it would help heal you. So I mean, well, depending on when people, like, I know that people can twitch sometimes. Like, there's electricity still in the body, yeah, which can cause twitching and sure, movement. of course. So, I don't know how long after she died, she was laid to rest. Maybe if there was some kind of electricity in the body or something caused a little twitch that made it made her move a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, it but, doesn't say how. But a little bit. I, I wouldn't cause, like, say, your arm to go from you know, chest to up over your head yeah. or something like yeah. that. And, and again, where it doesn't really give any specifics other than the body was in a different position. That could mean anything. Mm-hmm. And again, it could be just people misremembering. Now, f- they're saying fresh blood was in her heart and liver. So I have to question. What does that even mean? didn't embalm her, I mean, it should have clotted. Blood should have clotted. Right. So it's not clotted, it's fresh, which makes it seem like it's flowing. I don't know. Did she, I'm trying to think like natu- what are natural blood thinners? You know, <laughs> like is there something, I, I don't know. I, I can't really explain that, but they thought she was a vampire. But what's weird is like she was alive and her mom died first of tuberculosis. So it's like, are they saying she was a vampire while she was quote unquote alive? I don't know what they're saying. I think it's all, it it obviously, to me, this is just a lot of people getting sick. They're in the middle of a a pandemic, right? Like Mm -hmm. we are now. Uh, But they're just, I think they're just, they're, they're obviously looking for answers. They're trying to figure out ways to justify what's happening, to explain what's happening. Mm -hmm. And obviously they're coming up with some pretty crazy theories and stories and they're catching on because people are desperate they want something to believe in grief makes people do and think crazy things yeah of course your mind's looking you're in you're in a a state of distress your mind's looking for something to latch on to to have something make sense and for us we're thinking that's freaking nuts like how that what how would you not know that this is obviously not what's going on but but that back then, they didn't have the education <laughs> that, we have either. They don't have true, the resources. True, and they didn't have the, the, the technology, the mm-hmm. all the you know the years of research that scientists and doctors have put into what the procedures yeah. they have now. So it's kind of tough to say. But uh, I don't know. I just think they were looking for something, and they found it in a vampire story. I just think, how sad must that father feel? He lost his wife. He lost all of his children. He has like one son left and his son's dying. And to be that desperate, it's so heartbreaking to, to like feel like the stories are crazy, but if I don't try. You what know, I like, want to know is why, did, what happened to George? I don't know. How is he not sick? It, How did he not get sick, but every single other person his in his family? system is different. Okay, possibly. But I, I mean, the... the the 
you know, I, I obviously I'm inquisitive. I'm going to question yeah, things. I don't know. Did it he have say. something maybe to do with their death? Possibly. I think they got tuberculosis. Maybe I, he was working all the time and wasn't physically near them as much. I don't I, know. I don't know. Possibly. I just That's my question is how come he didn't get sick if everybody else did? I don't know. But from what I've gathered, I guess people would move when they got tuberculosis. They'd move to sometimes different climates to try to help. But I thought it was warmer climates that they would try to go to to help with tuberculosis. So I'm like, why is he moving to Colorado? Isn't it colder there? I think if you're, I think it's elevation, oh, maybe. different elevation, possibly. Maybe he w- he was in a warmer, I don't like know, one of the lower cities or something. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Another interesting thing while researching this story, I learned was apparently people would kind of mimic. They do their makeup the very pale skin to try to make it. I guess it almost became like a fashion thing, like having really pale skin to look like they had the consumption. Kind of like how goth, is that even still a thing, goth? I'm sure it is. Okay. But so no, that's, like that. I don't think it's, it's not like that. It's like, to be like very skinny and pale. I don't know. That's a. I just, I read this and I'm like, I don't understand this. <laughs> like, what am I reading? Interesting fashion yeah. choice, I guess. I don't know. But again, this is the eight, late 1800s, so. Yeah. But you think about it, it was just a little over a hundred years ago, this kind of stuff was going on. It's, it's crazy pretty scary that people actually were thinking like that a lot of americans with vampires it's like okay part of me is like interesting like okay what do they have here like what's the truth you know like maybe there is something to it but at the same time a story like this just makes you think people are desperate and they just want to find something yeah i mean it's it's I guess uh, uh, now, over 100 years later, it's it's a fun story to tell. Mm-hmm. It's a fun legend, I guess. But I, I I don't think Mercy was a vampire. I'll just put it that way. I think she was a, a, a girl who got ill, caught a disease that was spreading around that a lot of people were getting, and she just died. And the people, again, desperate for answers, desperate to try anything, Desperate to explain away everything. Mm-hmm. This is this is the story that they came up with. And obviously it took on a life of its own. I just realized our entire podcast today, the entire episode has been about death. Yeah, it's kind of morbid. But it is October. It is the month of Halloween and scary stuff mm. and what have we you. We need to end this on a positive note. Okay. We need something happy. You got anything? I'm always happy. That I thought I thought your bubbly personality would help balance everything out. Maybe it has. Yeah. I hope so. Ho- hopefully. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. I mean, again, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of interesting that Rhode Island, of all states, is the vampire capital of America. And all That's I can think of is the Lost Boys. Yes. Yeah. That's all I can think yeah. about. It's like, so is this kind of the Lost Boys turned it into a place in California instead? What is it? Is it Santa Carla? Is that the name of the I, town? I, I, the I, vampire I, capital I can't recall. of the world? I, I don't remember off the top of my head in the Lost Boys. But that's Boys, all I can think called, of is like the yeah. Lost Boys. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that about Rhode Island. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I think it's kind of funny. People visit her grave and leave her vampire teeth. Okay, so there you have it, everybody. 
I'm just like processing that in my head, like with what you're saying. And I'm like, this poor girl is just like, what the fuck? How how old was she again? I think she, 19. Okay. She so, was she, young. so yeah, they young. were all young. Very well. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, all of your research that you did. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you definitely put in. I, I didn't know you reached out and got and heard back from the. Yeah, I told you. I you said, did? "Oh, the guy wrote back to me." Yeah. Where was I? Was I asleep when you were talking to me? I think you were in the kitchen when right. I told you. I. Because I've literally been like in the living room, sitting on the couch, like on the computer, researching things and calling people and emailing and. I I didn't know that he emailed you back a map and everything. I told you. I said he even sent a map. And you're like, oh, cool. Are you sure you were talking to me? The silence is deafening. Obviously, I was standing. I got up out of the living room. I was standing in the kitchen with you and I told you. I must have. And you responded. I must have not been paying attention. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because I'm sitting here. You're telling You're reading this off your screen. You're, you're, you're saying. I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. I well, that's sh- news to me. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. But apparently I just wasn't paying attention when you told me. I apologize. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> okay. So anyhow. Well, thank you very much for all the research you've done. You're welcome. And and I, I hope everyone had fun listening. And if you know these stories and you heard a different version of it or you have you found something that says otherwise, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out if yes. you have any information about any of this stuff at all. You don't have to be a jerk about it either. Like I notice sometimes people online will get like pushy with stuff and be like, actually, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, we just want the truth. Give it to us. We can be <laughs> nice and happy. Are they that, that pushy? Some people are terrible online, I see sometimes. It's like, wow. Well, I go by it, the motto, don't be a dick. I won't be a dick to you. Don't be a dick to me. Words to live by. Yes. And uh, That's okay. how you attain world peace, remember? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, actually, uh, I do have to say real quick mm-hmm. for anybody listening, thank you for all the birthday wishes that I got. Uh, I only know that I got a bunch because I finally went on social media yesterday. I, well, I after, told him. Well, you told me about a bunch too, yeah. Uh, but... I went on Instagram for the first time in months yesterday because you were having issues with Instagram. Oh, yeah. So I totally like, right, forgot me- to mention. I got, like, what? How can I word it? Like, Instagram won't let me like anything. You got Yeah, you got restricted. Your account was restricted for some Yeah, I can't reason. like anything or follow anyone right now. So-, so censorship is real or something. I don't know. It's for the protection or it, something. Yeah, you, your account was restricted for some reason. So I went on to see. I wonder if mine is restricted or or what's or if maybe there's something going on with Instagram. I don't know. So I went on and I saw like all my notifications. I had a bunch of notifications and I saw all the birthday wishes. So thank you to everybody that wished me happy birthday. Uh, I probably won't be on Instagram again for a long time uh, or Twitter. So thank you. And shout out to our pal, uh, Stephen Page. (laughs) Because did you see the gifts he sent of Triple H after seeing your hair? No. (laughs) Oh, I'll show you after. But yeah, he he sent some funny stuff. So my my note, my non hair. Yes, my hair is gone. He picked up on it right away. Uh, Okay. Yes. Yes. I shaved my head after. I don't think I've ever had a shaved head in my life ever. So when we met, you had long hair. 
Yeah. And then I had I had long hair for, jeez, almost fifteen years maybe. Mm-hmm. And then last that. year you cut it short. I cut it short last yeah. year for the first time in a long time. And, and then on your birthday, I was going to give you a haircut. And yeah, I was just sitting down for a haircut. And I said, just just shave it. Well, like, we were go- he was going back and forth like, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, yeah, just do it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. It'll grow just, back. Just shave it. <laughs> if it doesn't look good, I'll <laughs> grow it back, whatever. Yeah, so I kind of like it. So I I'm just gonna, yeah, And it's easy. I can wake up in the morning and I look the same as I did when don't I went to, to bed. I don't have to worry hair. about messy hair. I don't have to, yeah. Should I do the same easy. thing to shave my head? No, you look beautiful the way uh-huh, you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so don't shave your head. Okay. But anyway, uh, if... <laughs> So, yeah, again, thanks to everybody that reached out for my birthday. I appreciate it. And uh, if you want to reach out to us about anything that we talked about today, how can they find us on social media? I know we have a Twitter account. At Pod. What's our Instagram? Podcast, but we can't like anything. We can't follow anyone, and I don't think I can respond to anyone right now. So, it, temporarily, Wait, we're I can res- post restricted and other people reason. can like it. Which makes no sense. It's kind of weird. If yeah, you so. know anything about why this is happening, let me know if you can help. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, and then we are also on Parlor. Yes, at Homewrecker Pod. And we have a website. Homewreckerpodcast.com. And you can watch us on YouTube. You can be a watcher. You can be a watcher on YouTube. Brighteon mm-hmm. as well. And... Uh, Please like and subscribe to us on there. And if you're listening, please like. Well, you don't like podcasts, do you? I, uh, anyway, you, you subscribe. You subscribe, and then you know, leave us a five star review if you don't mm-hmm. mind. We appreciate it. Some some different podcast place will you can do like a thumbs up or a thumbs down or something like depending on where you get your podcast from. So you might be able to like it, but if you can like us, please. yeah, please and thank you. And until next time, I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion with a shaved head now. And I've been joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast.